To our new passengers, aloha and welcome. As you board, please move across your car to make room for everyone, and kindly offer available seating to those needing special assistance. The show will begin momentarily. Thank you. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. Welcome to Dave's Disney View podcast. Provided on our own version of the information highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Dave's Disney View is a look at the Walt Disney World Resort and sometimes beyond, as seen through the eyes of Dave, a frequent visitor, a one time cast member and an engineer who simply enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. Now, please keep your party together and put on your virtual mouse ears. And by all means, enjoy the show. Hey everyone, it is Dave. Welcome back to another question and answer session where Dave plays sort of like a Disney dad for you to answer your questions. But this week I'm going to try it a little bit differently. I'm going to bring on a guest, my friend Kurt. We're going to talk about the questions and maybe get you a little bit more depth in the answers. Because uh, the one thing I know is my, my answers are kind of one-sided as a former cast member and sort of a local. Sometimes I give a viewpoint that maybe not everyone agrees with. So let's bring Kurt on. Kurt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dave. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. I mean, it's summertime. We're, uh, we're having a great time here. It's plenty warm, and I'm sure it's warm where you are finally, too. Uh, yeah, actually, we had a, a, a major heat wave last week. It got up to 90. Wow. People were going crazy. Big change since the last time we heard from you uh, back in your home state, so it's a nice thing. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, for those of your listeners who don't know, I live uh, in the Boston area, so uh, my experience going to Disney World is a little bit different than Dave's. Uh, yep. I mean, I grew up in South Florida, so I've, I've lived there, but... Uh, but nowadays, when I want to go to Disney, I have to go to the airport and catch a plane and, and do that whole routine. So and, uh, my, my perspective is a little bit, little bit different than Dave's. And that's a good thing, and that's why we, I wanted to bring you on to uh, be able to answer questions and maybe take a little bit different approach to some of these questions. Um, all right, so we start off with a question from a lady named Heather. She says, hello, my best friend and I are seniors this year and plan on going to Walt Disney World and all the parks. So that would include Epcot, the Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and the Magic Kingdom. And, of course, uh, this is going to be her senior trip in August. Um, since we're avid Disneyland goers, what should we see and what shouldn't we see in Walt Disney World? I'm pretty sure we're going to spend about a week there and probably going to wind up spending a day in each park, or at least I think. So I was hoping you could help us figure out how to best use our time for attractions, shows, and restaurants. Thanks, and any help is greatly appreciated. First of all, as we've talked about, Kurt, this is about the most open-ended question I've ever heard. So, yeah, but, you know, I, uh, my initial response is just to say, uh, well, do everything. Yeah, you know, that, that's it exactly. It, um, you really want to go and you want to experience it. I mean, there's going to be some things that are familiar to you. Of course, you have Star Tours and you have Soren and stuff like that, so you, you could skip those. But you don't want to skip out on seeing the Magic Kingdom, even though the Magic Kingdom is still... The Magic Kingdom, it's different uh, between Disneyland and Disney World. There's, there's some uniqueness to it that you probably want to explore. Uh, so I would yeah, recommend um, doing that. Uh, absolutely. I mean, there are, there are some rides that are, you know, that are familiar. And like you said, Soren, uh, Space Mountain, uh, Star Tours, of course, the new Star Tours. But if you haven't seen that, you definitely should see that. Of course, the Star Tours and the Magic Kingdom 
um, at Walt Disney World in Florida is not at the Magic Kingdom. It's at uh, Hollywood Studios, so there's one difference. Uh, there are some rides that are different. Uh, I'm told the uh, Haunted Mansion ride in, at Disneyland is different than the one in Florida. I have been to Disneyland, but not recently. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the most similarity there is the Magic Kingdom and Disneyland, but there are a lot of differences, too. And, and I would, you know, the most, um, the most obvious being the size. Uh, you know, I have been mm-hmm. to Disneyland, um, and the Disneyland feels feels smaller. Uh, you know, the Cinderella's Castle and and Snow White, the Sleeping Beauty's Castle are are, uh, are two very different size structures, and and uh, all of the Magic Kingdom feels much bigger than Disneyland. So I would definitely recommend that you that you take in that. Um, you know, that the ride the rides that are identical. You know, perhaps not. Um, you know, again, Soren is pretty much Soren, regardless if you're in California Adventure or you're in Epcot. Um, you know, and that's a long wait. It's a longer wait at Epcot than it is a California Adventure. So perhaps that one you want to skip, but, you know, in favor of doing something else uh, unique like Test Track, perhaps. But, um, you know, for the most part, uh, I, I certainly would recommend that you that you skip the Magic Kingdom because it's, you know, similar to Disneyland, absolutely not. Uh, they're uh, just just seeing the differences is fun. Looking at you know picking out the differences, you know where they're different, and uh, and the scale. Like I said, the scale is is very different. The Magic Kingdom has a very different feel, even though it's laid out in in a very similar fashion. So yep. basically, um, you know, I wouldn't. I I would say you know except for maybe maybe you know you take a couple of the rides that you know are going to have long lines and and uh, are pretty much the same in California and Florida. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a few of those, but there aren't very many, and 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 I always just otherwise, you know, just just do everything. Exactly. And, and I would recommend, you know, it depends on, you know, it's a senior trip, so I'm not sure how much money you have to spend, but if you have an opportunity to have a really nice sit-down dinner at one of the uh, unique restaurant experiences at, uh, at, Dis- at Disney World, I would suggest doing that. So if you can go up to, like, the California Grill or BOMA or one of those experiences, it would be well worth your time. Um, so you could actually experience something a little different than you would see as far as restaurants go. Uh, and of course, you know some of the some of the uh, restaurants in the studios, like the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater or the '50s Primetime Cafe. Their their nature is just such that it's so unique that you really want to stop in there if you can. Uh, right, and and that's but that's you know that's advice you give anybody going to to Disney World. That's uh, true, <laughs> regardless of what their background was. So uh, you know, I, especially you pick you pick two that are themed and and very um, very interactive. Um, with the with the cast members, especially the primetime cafe, because the uh, the the cast members there uh, behave as though they're your they're your mother uh, from the fifties <laughs> yeah. and, and tell you to keep your elbows off the table and, and sit up straight and, and you know and eat properly. So, eat your vegetables. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So uh, and that that is a blast. You know, uh, you know, if you want to be left alone quietly and just eat in private, that's not the place to go. But if you want definitely. to have a lot of fun, uh, definitely you know make time to go over there. But but there's a there's a whole range of stuff. So, um, you know, uh, other than, you know, I mean, there might be, a, like I said, there might be a few rides, the lines get long, like Soarin', uh, maybe Space Mountain, um, that maybe, you know, if it was a hot day and it was, you know, long lines and, and you wanted to spend time doing other things, you might you might pass by. But uh, otherwise, I, you know, can't imagine what you would want to, but you wouldn't want to skip, so. No, me either. I, you know, that's that's the thing. I, there's nothing I want to skip. It's always like, oh, I want to go on that. Oh, I want to see that. 
So uh, I think that's a reasonable answer to that very open-ended question. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the next one. Um, our second question comes from a Joe in New Jersey. Uh, if you stayed on Disney at a resort, can you go back and can you go back to the park and back to the resort and back to the park again? And the answer to that is a very simple yes. Um, once you once you've gone into the park for the day, it just reads your ticket as being an entrance to the park. As long as you return to the same park in the same day, it does not count as another park entrance. You can absolutely do that. In fact, I highly recommend it on the hottest days to uh, to head back to your hotel if you're staying on property and maybe use the pool for a little while. Uh, so that's that's my take on it. Yeah, uh, I absolutely agree. And of course, uh, Disney has set up their whole transportation system to make that e- as easy as possible. Uh, the buses, of course, if you're staying on property, the bus transportation system is completely free to you. Um, it runs, you know, every 15, 20 minutes, a bus shows up at the, each resort to go to each park. Um, so if, you know, if you're over at the Magic Kingdom uh, and it's getting to be 2 in the afternoon in Florida, and uh, you know, in August, and it's getting to be 95, uh, you know, catch one of those buses back to your resort, uh, take the afternoon off, sit in the air conditioning or out by the pool, you know, and then when it gets to be around dinner time, uh, you know, grab some dinner, maybe head back over to the Magic Kingdom for wishes. Or, uh, there you go. Yeah, a lot of... You've got a- you know, if you've got again, if you've got a park hopper pass, you can you can bounce over to one of the other parks. Absolutely, and that's that's another good point. And if you happen to be staying uh, somewhere over by the boardwalk, you can walk walk in and out of Epcot to make your life easy, or even over to the studios. So, yep. uh, kind of a nice way to to be able to easily move back and forth between uh, between the parks. Sure, but it's it's absolutely um, you, you absolutely can. Um, you know, go back and forth between your resort and Disney, again, with the transportation system, which includes the boats and the, the monorail and, and walking, if you want, um, and the bus system. All of it is all is all free to you, uh, you know, as a resort guest, and, and, and you can go in and out of the parks. You know, if you, if you have the park hopper option on your ticket, you can go in and out of any of the parks as many times as you want on the same day. If you don't have the park hopper option, uh, which is a few dollars extra, uh, you can go in and out of the same park uh, all day as long as you want. So There you go. Yeah, and I have to say that uh, one of the things I like to do on a nice hot day is just hop on the monorail and take a nice ride around because it's, it's fun and it's included in the, uh, in the admission price there, and uh, it's air-conditioned. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, and, and of course that's, that's interesting to do, and you can take the monorail over, you know, from the Magic Kingdom over to Epcot and back, mm-hmm. um, which is um, – in my experience, almost never crowded, and and you know a nice ride in the air conditioning, and you get to see a little Florida, and you get to see some of Epcot, and uh, uh, you know if you don't want to actually uh, go into Epcot, you don't have to do that. You just ride the monorail around and and look down on Epcot, and then ride back out. But, okay. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Great suggestion. There you go. Thank you. Um, all right. Our next question comes from a Chris, and Chris asks, I'm going to Disney World over Thanksgiving. Do you have any suggestions on where I can get a good and traditional Thanksgiving meal? And this is, this is a question I encountered one year. I wanted to go to, thank, I wanted to, go to, uh, to Disney uh, in, uh, around Thanksgiving, and I happened to be there on Thanksgiving Day, and I was, like, looking for somewhere I, went, I wanted to go over to, say, Boma to eat. And I called up to make a dining reservation and was actually surprised to learn that Boma changes its meal to a Thanksgiving meal on Thanksgiving Day. So they, don't have, they have some of the traditional African fare, but more of it is geared toward the traditional American Thanksgiving. So I asked some questions, and it turns out that almost every restaurant on Disney property, at least the sit-down restaurants, changes over to have a Thanksgiving meal on, at Thanksgiving. 
Um, some are more traditional. Some are a little bit more uh, non-traditional. They do some little bit different things, but they do have the turkey and stuffing. Uh, some of the sit-down restaurants will let you order off the, me- off the regular menu anyway. Um, some of them will not. They'll just offer you the uh, Thanksgiving meal, and they'll have, like, maybe one or two other options, a vegetarian option or something. Uh, the counter service restaurants uh, pretty much stay the way they were. They don't change over and do Thanksgiving, though some of them will serve like a, it's like a, a sliced turkey with some mashed potatoes that they'll, that they'll have occasionally. Um, so that was my experience, and I uh, thought I'd share that with everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know a lot more about the dining at Disney than I do. Uh, there's one restaurant that, that, darn it, I wish I could remember the name of. It's, it's in Liberty Square. Mm-hmm. Um, it's family-style dining. Um, and they serve a, a traditional uh, sort of a Thanksgiving dinner pretty much every night. Yeah, that would be the. Uh, you're, you're thinking of the Liberty Tree Tavern. Yep. And yes, yes, I am. Thank you, sir. And, no problem. And every night they have um, a Thanksgiving dinner uh, style uh, dinner where, and, and family style in this case means that they, you know, instead of bringing out individual plates, they bring out a big huge plate of turkey and a big huge plate of you know bowl of mashed potatoes and 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 so on and uh um you know you you can go there as a solo or or as you know as two people uh but uh they they have um you know their menus a little limited but it's it's mostly thanksgiving style uh fair just every day so Mm -hmm. uh, that that's another thing that you might want to consider um you know especially with the americana theme and the you know the colonial, uh, the colonial atmosphere. Yeah, the colonial atmosphere is really kind of neat. That's that kind of makes it in a way. It makes it feel more like Thanksgiving traditionally. Yeah, because uh, it gives it that feeling. Cool. All right, our next question is from a lady named Janet. I've been to Walt Disney World several times, but never during the summer. I'm thinking about going in September. Is this summer weather? And what will it be like? (laughs) Well, you happen to hit the peak of summer. (laughs) Um, There's a period of time between, like, the middle of August-ish until the middle of September-ish that's about the hottest time that Orlando gets. That's about the uh, the peak of the heat of, uh, of Orlando. Um, happens to be inland, so it gets a little more heat at that time of year. So you can see some temperatures go up into the 90s, um, high 90s on some days. You will also get afternoon rains almost every day during that period of time. And the, oh, by the way, is that happens to be the peak of hurricane season, which it, which could mean that you're going to get more rain than you would normally get uh, if there is, happens to be a hurricane threatening the coast because the rain will come inland. Um, now, the good side to this is that during the summer, most of the parks have longer hours, so they'll be open till midnight. So if you see our previous comment about can I go to a park and leave and come back, you can do that. You could actually go to the park in the morning, stay for a while, leave, kind of cool down a little bit, and then come back after the rains have passed. Uh, so that that's an opportunity you have. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that except that, you know, uh, having grown up in South Florida, um, uh, Orlando, you know, does get hot. It actually gets hotter in Orlando during the middle of summer than it does in Miami because they're they are inland and you don't get the sea breeze. Um, and that, yeah, that summer doesn't really end until uh, you know October. So uh, again, it, it it can start to cool off a little bit late September, but I wouldn't plan for that. Uh, yeah. But, you know, if you're going in September, one good thing about September is that the crowds do thin out. Um, Right after you get through Labor Day, yep. Right after Labor Day because all the kids are back in school. So um, from that standpoint, you know, at least that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so that the, the park is not nearly as crowded. Um, it, it happens to be a good time to go if you, if you don't have kids and, and uh, you don't have to worry about school. 
but you know weather wise um yeah what you said dave um you know the the actual odds of actually hitting a hurricane you know it's not not high but but uh it is again like you said it is hurricane season and that can disrupt uh can also disrupt your travel plans yes absolutely just need to be cognizant of that but yeah uh, prepare for the Prepare for the heat. Exactly. But, you know, dress as, as cool as cool as you can and make sure you bring some rain ponchos or purchase one when you're there. Um, yep. That's that's my take. Um, and one other thing I'd like to say is, you know, since it is part of part of September is in the summer as you're heading into a Labor Day there, um, if you do go during that time, the uh, crowds can get a little bit high uh, as you head into Labor Day. Um, and I would recommend a little commercial message here to uh, visit the uh, Touring Plans website. Um, Len's done a good job. Len and his team have done a good job of setting up a, a a method to uh, to avoiding most of the crowds and most of the lines, even at that time of year. And you might want to check that out and subscribe to his um, his service and learn more about it. All right. Uh, question. Next question comes from uh, Samantha. She says, I've been to Epcot several times and enjoyed it, but I've heard mixed reviews from people with kids uh, about whether they've enjoyed it. I'm taking my niece and nephew, ages 9 and 11, to Disney later this year, and I'm wondering what you think. Are there fun things for kids to do? Well, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a good question, and uh, I find that there are fun things for kids to do anywhere. You can always find something for kids to do. Sometimes it's just taking the little things in and just showing them around a little bit. Uh, there are character meet and greets, of course, there. And there's a couple of activities. They have the Kidcot Fun Stations at uh, each of the uh, World Showcase pavilions where the kids can go in and they can, uh, I guess right now it's Duffy the Duffy the Bear they can color with, uh, with markers. Markers and kids always seem to have, be a problem for me, but that's okay. Um, you can you can uh, color that, and also there's the Kim Possible adventure that exists throughout uh, Epcot that you can go around and um, uh, visit visit different stations and learn more about it. And actually, I've never done that, but Kurt, I understand you've had some experience with that. Uh, yes, uh, actually, uh, the first thing that we do every time my daughter is ten years old, the first thing that we do when we hit Epcot is head to the Kim Possible station because she loves it, and uh, you'll see adults doing it too. Uh, you get a little communicator. It's a handheld device. It looks like one of the, an old cellular phone. Uh, and what it does is, and it's um, it's free. The whole Kim Possible adventure is free. But you get the handheld cellular phone device, and Kim Possible talks to you and tells you to go to a certain pavilion. And at that pavilion, go to a certain sign, a little bit like the scavenger hunt we had. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, and then hit a button on the phone, and then... Uh, a statue will rise up or, or a train will go by or, or a, a picture will flip around and give you a clue. And then from that clue, um, you, uh, you hit another button on the phone and it takes you to another spot. And it is a blast. Hmm. And, and, you know, do it, do it yourself. Uh, but if you've got uh, girls 9 and 11, um, I, you know, and they love to explore uh, like my 10-year-old does, that thing is, is, is a blast. And uh, like I said, it's totally free. Um, you know, you just have to find one of the uh, Kim Possible stations. And there's there's two or three around the real world showcase. There's one over by England, and there's um, I think there's one over by America, and um, and there's one down on the on the uh, the walkway between Future World and and the World Showcase. So there's and there's Kim Possible, and that that is a blast. And the kids uh, the kids love that. So I would absolutely recommend that. Um, That's and um, and then uh, you didn't mention uh, interventions. No, I didn't. Uh, um, you know the the when it starts to get a little hot out on both sides of the of future world, the uh, interventions pavilions have 
a lot of indoor stuff, uh, activity, interactive uh, exhibits for kids. Um, when you come off of uh, Test Track, there's some interactive exhibits in there. Um, when you come off of um, uh, Spaceship Earth, does it too? Spaceship Earth, there's a there's a large area in there with a lot of interactive mm-hmm. stuff for kids to do. Um, yeah, I would I would say absolutely, and and the rides for the most part, you know, Soren. Um, Oh, my kids love Soren. <laughs> they had so much older, fun. Older kids, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would take a three-year-old on Soren, but but uh, you know, Soren is good for adults and kids, and and you know, of course, we don't know what her kids want to do, but right. But um, I would absolutely, you know, there's a million things to do over at Epcot. Um, yeah, I, and uh, I would, like I say, I my daughter loves the Kim Possible, and that's the first thing we always do when we hit Epcot is we head to the Kim Possible, <laughs> even though she's done it a couple of times. But it's it's brilliantly set up, and uh, and it, it takes you around to a number of the World Showcase pavilions, um, and it is like I said, it, it has a lot in common with the scavenger hunt you and I did. Yeah, no, so, that uh, that's cool. Uh, and and you will see adults, you know, you see adults with their Kim Possible phones walking around to the different pavilions too. So it's just so yeah, um, hmm. it absolutely. Plenty of stuff at Epcot for kids today. I agree. And I was just going to throw one more thing out there, too. And it may be more for older kids. Um, the uh, scavenger hunt we did was actually pretty cool, and it was a lot of fun to spend time looking at different things. You could take the scavenger hunt that uh, we did or one that someone else has created, because I know there are several on the web, and kind of take that and uh, kind of build your own sort of thing to look, you know, things to look for while you're in the parks, you know, and uh, maybe especially in Epcot. And you, and you look for those things and you spend the time and you explore those and you kind of learn a little bit more about them. If you're interested in the scavenger hunt we did, uh, the um, I have all the books, the booklets, uh, pictures of them online. Um, if you go to my site, my website, uh, DisneyPodcast.net and click on the left where it says scavenger hunt, you'll find all the links there to everything. Um, so you can, you know, you can, welcome to make it your own. We had a, um, we set up a forum on the uh, Diz boards and we actually answered all of the questions too. So all the answers now exist, um, as far as we know. And someone, um, and I want to give a little shout out to our good morning dewdrop. She went through and she retyped all of the questions. So you can take them with you as a text document and you can re, you know, reorganize them in some way. If you want to do them by land or by area, you can certainly do that. If you want to spend a little time up front doing that. By all means, you know, take it with you. It may it may help you to develop some sort of interactive thing you can do with your kids as you're going along and have some fun. So as is often the case with uh, Kurt and I talking about Disney, we got a little long-winded. So what I'd like to do now is pause this podcast, and we'll pick it up again in the next one and continue our question and answer segment. And remember, you can always send more questions to me at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. I'm happy to take on new questions, and we'll address them in a future podcast. Thanks very much, and if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. From all of us, thanks for taking a listen to the podcast today. If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the show stops completely and the doors open. Ladies and gentlemen, please collect your personal belongings, watch your head and step, and take small children by the hand. As this concludes our journey, we hope that you enjoyed the show and that you drive home safely. Our thanks go to Doug at geekacres.net for his contributions to the show. And also to Craig for the original music you hear on the show. You can find Craig's music over at ReverbNation.com slash sound a if you have questions comments or thoughts about the show please feel free to contact dave at dave's disney view at gmail.com show notes 
and links to other great content on the web can be found at disneypodcast.net. Now, I will raise the safety bar, and a podcaster will follow you home. Ha 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 